everyone. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the three before. So many of you have been part of the Operation Christmas Child over the years. It is always a blessing to see the excitement when the shoe boxes become available. We're getting ready for another year of OCC now. Shoe boxes are available now at the Bear Campus for pickup. Then, as always, you will fill those with gifts per the instructions and include your $10 donation to cover the cost of shipping. Shoe boxes will be collected from November 13th through the 20th. If you want to serve with this ministry, see Sandy Sturgis or Ginger Carroll. Going through the holidays can be difficult when grieving the loss of a loved one. The best way to navigate this kind of grief is with the support of others. The Family Care Ministry is hosting Grief Share, Surviving the Holidays, every Saturday from November 18th through December 30th from 3 to 5 p.m. in Room 105 at the Bear Campus. It is critical that if you find yourself in a season of grief, that you surround yourself with people who can support and encourage you. Whether it's the first holiday season after a loved one has passed or the 10th, if you need that support, this is a great place to find it. To learn more, contact Linda Horan at the Bear Campus at 302-836-2862. With our disaffiliation process complete, our elders have scheduled two church conference meetings. Saturday, November 11th at 2 p.m., they will be sharing information about the Global Methodist Church and getting our input from our membership. Then on Saturday, November 18th at 2 p.m., the church will meet to vote on possible affiliation with the GNC. Both meetings will be held at the Bear Campus. If you need transportation, please contact your campus office. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here today. If you're in the room, we welcome you. If you're worshiping with us online, uh, we want to welcome you. Can we stand together today? God wants to know if we see what he sees. And that is that he is alive. And so because he is alive, he's made us alive. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Oh, I see lightning, I hear thunder. Something stirring six feet under. Dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. Oh, I see 
and resurrection power here today. Hallelujah. If you see what I see, that the grave is empty, then you know what I know. Anything is possible. If you see what I see, that the grave is empty, then you know what I know. Anything is possible. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? so he has made us alive. God, we give you glory today in your house. We thank you, Lord, for being with us. We thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to come and to be with us. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that in these moments we have together this morning, whether we're singing or praying or, or listening to the, to the Word or receiving communion or kneeling at the altar to pray, that, God, your Holy Spirit would be moving in us to work in us and to do in us what you want to do in this place today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, come on and give the Lord praise and then you can be seated. Do you see what I see? The bridge of that song says, If you see what I see, that the grave is empty, then you know what I know, that anything is possible. So whatever it is that you brought into this room today, whatever it is that you're here, that God needs to handle on your behalf, He is way more than able. So we welcome you today. Thanks for being here with us at Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for worshiping online with us. Uh, We want to extend a welcome to you. If you're new today, if you've never been here, or maybe you've only been here a few times, we want to especially welcome you. Uh, If you're here in the room with us, when you leave the Uh, sanctuary at the end of the service today on the left side of the mall is our connect central we encourage you to stop by there and we have a free gift for you Uh, you can stop and and meet some folks from the church and ask about any of the ministries and and uh, things like small groups and and other ways that you can serve Uh, also if you're new and you're online there's an i'm new here button at the uh, top right of the screen uh, and it just takes you to our connect card and you can just let us know uh, that you're new which brings us to that connect card if you're here in the room Uh, Where you're seated, Uh, there's a Connect card that we ask you to fill out whenever you worship with us. So just let us know you're here and uh, who's worshiping with you, as we uh, always ask you to do. If you're new, uh, just give us uh, some basic information just so that we can thank you for for being here with us today and uh, get you some information about the church. You can also communicate uh, prayer needs, praise reports, 
and those kinds of things on that uh, Connect card. So, uh, and again, as we say each week, they don't just go in a drawer somewhere. Uh, we have teams of people who meet and pray over those needs uh, several times during the week. So trust us with those prayer needs. If they need to be confidential, uh, please let us know that, and we will make sure that they stay confidential. All right? That's a lot of stuff, right? But you can do it. I have faith in you. God bless you. Here's Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here, and I just welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Welcome online. Glad that you are with us with us today. I want to take a moment to just say thank you to the folks that gathered yesterday afternoon. You know, uh, to the, the buildings, part of our building that is to my left, to your right over there. During the week, we have 80 to 100 children here every day. And uh, we've got a beautiful playground set in the back. And, and uh, yesterday, a bunch of guys gathered together and spread mulch. What, 30 yards of mulch? Something like that, I think, is what I heard them do. And uh, so glad that uh, we have guys that are, are willing to volunteer to do that as part of our service. And uh, it's because we want all people to experience God's life-changing love through their life. And so that's why we have a school. That's why we have church on the weekends. And I'll be saying more about that during the message uh, today and what God is doing through Christ the Cornerstone. Um, and, and so we're, we're grateful for your generosity that you give to us. We want to practice that as part of our faith in God, that we trust God for all things. And God teaches us to give and to give generously. I'm always grateful for the ways in which all of you uh, do that. We have what we're able to have because you are faithful with what God gives to you and sharing that with all people. We have some scriptures that we like to read together, and I invite you to read this scripture with, with me this morning out loud. Let's say this together. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. I think that's the whole, that's the whole verse. Powerful scripture. Uh, some, some tough things to do. Give up all that we have, and then we'll be perfect. Mm. Well, let's think about that, and let's just, let's just continue worshiping God this morning. Would you stand with me as we uh, continue worshiping God, and uh, let's pray and ask His Holy Spirit to continue. Just come down, fall upon us as we sing and as we pray. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for Your presence with us this morning. You call us together. Lord, there's not a person here now that you didn't inspire to be here today. We woke up this morning and you said that somehow you communicated to us, come and meet with me this morning. So God, I'm glad that everyone here, whether they're in this building or online, is with us today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and lift up our hearts, guide us, teach us today. Soften our hearts that we can hear the message for us today that, that we need to hear that you have for us. We do ask Jesus that in your name you would bring healing, that you would bring peace, you would bring reconciliation to us. Lift us up, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. God, we confess our need for you today. And we confess today that above all, we trust you. We trust your word. We trust the things that you say. We put ourselves in your hands. Blessed. 
praise we trust in you God today today and every day because we know that you will never fail us even when we can't see it even when we don't know it even sometimes when we don't recognize it God we know that you are at work we don't know how you do it but we know that you do we know that you can we know that you make a way in our lives when we think it's hopeless hallelujah Bye. 
thank you, Lord. Lord, we read in the Bible about how Moses and the children of Israel, their backs were up against the Red Sea. They did not see a way out, but you made a way. Lord, so many times in our own lives, we have seen circumstances. We've come up against circumstances, and you have brought us through. We don't know how. Even when we look back on it, we can't tell, we can't see all the details of how you orchestrated the things in our lives. But you did. We don't know how. And quite frankly, folks, we don't need to know, do we? We just need to know that God can be trusted. Because if you're like me, you see some set of circumstances work out and you try to figure out how it worked out so next time you come up against those circumstances you can orchestrate it your way. Maybe I'm the only one who does I hope I'm the only one who does that. But I don't think I am. The other thing we do as Christians, as people who follow Christ, even for those of us who followed Christ for a long time, is we, we get this short memory. In the Old Testament we see times where the children of Israel, where people built what we know as altars of remembrance. God would do something significant in their life, significant in a family, significant in a group of people, and they would build an altar and they say, they would say, this, this is what happened here in this place. You go around to all different places in our, in our nation, even in our city, you see historical markers. This is what happened here. George Washington slept here. This is where they crossed the Delaware River. All kinds of things that mark history. You know what I think? I think it's time for us in our own lives to start building altars of remembrance. I told this story last night. It just came into my head, so I'll tell it again this morning. And I think I have the number right. Some of you know the uh, coach of the Miami Dolphins. His name is Mike McDaniel. Well, he had a rough start to his career in football. He was with two or three different teams, and he was fired. He went through drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and he was out of the NFL for, I believe the number is 865 days. And then the Miami Dolphins hired him to be their coach. Now, at Mike McDaniel's desk, every day he goes in and looks at a card that's over top of his desk, and you know what's written on that card? 865. Because he knows two things. Number one, I don't ever want to go down that road that I was on again. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to keep myself from that. And number two, I'm going to be grateful for what I have and for what's ahead. So when we build those altars of remembrance in our own lives, we have a chance to say to God, I trust what you did back there. I don't know what happened, but I don't want to go back down that road again. And so from here forward, I trust in you. I thank you for what's now and for what is to come. So can we start that in our lives? It, does, it can be just a card that you write and put it on your desk. It can be something you, a sticky note that's on your speedometer on your car. It can be, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Just something that reminds us of what God has done for us. And then sometimes when we find ourselves in a situation, and we talk about this regularly with regard to worship, that worship doesn't always change our circumstances. It's not a magic formula for changing the circumstances of our lives. 
But what it does do is it has the power to change us in the circumstances. Like we talk about prophet Isaiah uh, basically alluded to worship being like a coat. When we put on a coat and we go outside and it's cold, weather doesn't change. But what changes? We change in the weather because we have this coat on. So when we do things like throw up our hands and praise him, because all that I have is a hallelujah. Sometimes that hallelujah is in faith and expectation of what he's coming to do. And so today, maybe there's people here. Maybe there's somebody here. Maybe you're watching online. And in faith, believing, we just need to lift our hands today and say hallelujah. And expect God to do the miraculous.
say hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. There is no one like you, God. There is no one else like you, God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Lord, we have sensed you in this room from the very beginning. Doing what it is that you will do in us today. God, we pray that by your power, by your spirit, in your love, that you would move in us through the words of Pastor Roger as he comes in a moment to bring us the message. God, as we pray whenever we're together, as we hear your word and as we worship together in song and as we kneel around the altar and take communion together in a few moments, let us not just be moved. Let us be changed. The old is gone. The new has come. That's who we are in you. Lord, we're grateful for that today. So we pray that you would move among us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that today? Come on and give the Lord one more praise before you're seated today. You can be seated. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Jesus said very clearly, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like the person who builds a house on the rock. Jesus is our foundation. I want to, we're here to love God and to love all people so that all people can experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. This is the mission of Christ the Cornerstone Church. Would you read this 
read this with me. Let's read this out loud together. It says, We are here to love God and all people so that they may experience that life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. This is why Christ the Cornerstone is here. No other purpose do we have. We want you individually to experience God's love in your life that changes your life. I'm going to be honest. Every day, I need God in my life. Every day, I need to be lifted up. (laughs) There are so many things in this world to, to drag us down, to discourage us, to confuse us. But God is not a God of confusion. God is not a God of discouragement. God is a God of peace. God is a God of love. God is a God of order. God is a God of courage. God is a God of life. And He restores life that sin in our lives destroys. He is the Creator. And He is the Recreator. And He is the Sustainer. Some people say He is the Sustainer and the Redeemer. Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer in all things. So we worship Him. And we come to experience Him in our lives. And we're bold enough to believe that we can, here now, receive Him in our lives. He is our foundation. Jesus is our foundation. I have a a block over here. And as the children arrived this morning, uh, if they got there at the right time, some some kids don't have one of these. So I want you to, April, where'd you go, April? (laughs) I'm going to invite the children to come up here in, in, in just a minute. But I've got these cubes. And uh, I'm going to stand still so the camera can get me. Do you think that this cube can hold up my weight? Do you want me to tell you how much I weigh? Nobody says <laughs> sure. All right, so, so let's see if this cube can hold, can hold me up if I can do this without falling. Oh, well, you saw, I kind of jumped on that a little bit because I wanted it, wanted it to crash. But it still, it didn't hold me up. I don't have a good foundation to hold me up, right? So I need a better foundation. If you've got, if you're, if you have a block, would you bring your block up here to me, and let's see if we can establish a better foundation. Got some kids right over here, April. That, there we go. Bring your blocks up here and come, help me with this, if you would. Come right up here on the stage. No, I think you need like ten blocks. All right. So we've got a we've got a Cub Scout here, and he's already thinking and solving problems, and that's a wonderful thing. So I know. I know you do. That's why I said that. Because I know you go to Cub Scouts right here at Christ the Cornerstone. And it's a good opportunity to say, hey, these guys can come to Cub Scouts too, right? All right. So, you also notice what is on your cube. Sandy Beth, why don't you come over here so that folks can can see. What's on your cube that you've got? Right. So, you, you can kind of think that that might spell a word. Can you figure out, work together to figure out what word that can spell? And let, Len, let's set the blocks right up here on the floor so that people out here can see the word that it spells. Okay? Work together. This is a big test. You need to stop talking and start working with other people. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's get everybody involved, so ha, set your blocks over there. Miss April's going to help organize a little bit. I know. <laughs> I 
feel like I know Rowan enough that I could say that and I didn't hurt him and mom and dad are over here. You offended my son. You told him to stop talking. I don't think they'll say that. All right. Are we getting it up? <laughs> okay. So let's, let's make another row of them right behind this row. Does it say Jesus up front so we can read it? Rowan, why don't you set your block right there? And, and Nolan, you've got to back up a little bit. Catherine, how about you back up? Let's have another row behind this one. Yep, yep. Go ahead. Put your block down there. Let's see who else has a block. Put it right next to that other one. Is, everybody, is everybody's block up here? The J's upside down. And there's well, it's okay. We'll find. They're they're seeing it. Let's have your block. There you go. Where's Jack? What's Jack? Oh no. Yeah, let's have it. Let's have another one. Now I got a little board here. And so, okay, so the, the, the one block didn't hold me up. Do you think that these will hold me up? No. <sighs> hey, come over this way so you're, you're blocking the camera. I feel like <laughs> I think Cub Scouts is working too good for you. Sit right there. So you went camping. You went camping last weekend, didn't you? Yeah, where'd you go? Um, to a place. <laughs> Look at that. There was a mountain. There was a little hill, and we were we found sticks, and so we were breaking into a mountain. Rowan, you want to join me on there? Sure. All right. I need I need somebody. Catherine, you want to come join us? I can make room. Make room. How many more? Who wants to join us? Hey, there's one more. Okay, hop hop up, Sandy Beth. That's we're it. Gonna, do we get do we get one more on here? One more. I'm right oh, on the I'm gonna fall over. I'm gonna fall over. Wait a minute. It's still holding us. We're, oh. <laughs> it is still holding us. So. I'm like, I'm like something. You what? Something. That, is, that is something, isn't it? So. How? Because we have a good foundation. Go ahead. Jump on it. Jump again. <laughs> All right. We got everybody. Man, you're trying. But how about that? When we trust Jesus in our lives, He is a good foundation for us. And Jesus says, whoever follows my teachings is like the wise person who builds his life on the rock, on Wait, solid why don't stuff. We, why don't we do it with oh, so, so, you want to preach the sermon? I'm just saying, yeah, <laughs> All right. No, we got okay. So we got we have 15 blocks on there, and that's and that's working working fine. All right, now now Nolan's back. He wants to get up on there too. So. Oh my gosh. We have to do this one. Wait, wait, wait. Let me hold Nolan. That way. Come on, Nolan. So it's more weight. Let me get my foot on here. No, Nolan, don't have enough of that. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know this was going to take so long. Okie doke. Help! Help! Okay. Thank you, guys.
So who's our foundation? What's Jesus. The, Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for coming up. Go back to your seats now. We're going to talk some more about Jesus. Wow. I guess that got him involved. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> so, uh, on November 1st, is, is another, Pastor Bill talked about historical markers in our life. And on November 1st, Christ the Cornerstone passed a, a, a historical marker. Y'all were sleeping, y'all were working, doing whatever. But November 1st is the first day that Christ the Cornerstone is out of the United Methodist Church. Now that, now that, well... The United Methodist Church gave us many good things. There's good teaching in the United Methodist Church, but we've decided that, that it is time for Christ the Cornerstone to, to launch out of the United Methodist Church. And the reason that I had this little illustration about our foundation is because when we made that decision to no longer be a United Methodist Church and, and to go out in a different direction... We changed, it was a foundational change in the life of our church. And I know that there are many people at Christ the Cornerstone. You came when Pastor Paul was the pastor here maybe 30 years ago. And you didn't even know that we were a United Methodist Church. Some of you didn't. Some of you did. And as we had to make the decision to, to, to decide, are we going to stay in or are we going to go out? Some of us had to, didn't, had, to, had to learn, well, what does it mean to be a United Methodist Church? What does it mean to, to be out of the United Methodist Church? And we made the decision to go out. And that is a foundational change. Now, if you, if you were in, in your house, if you had a crack in your foundation or you needed to do something with your foundation, you are, you're going to shake up the whole house while you're, while you're making that change. I remembered... Uh, the house that I grew up, that, I, that my family lived in when I was born. Beautiful, big old farmhouse. I would love that. That farmhouse is still standing in, in a little town called Hollyton, New York. Just across the Pennsylvania border, up Interstate 81. I would love to go up there and, and get that house, jack it up off of its foundation, put it on a trailer and move it down to Delaware and plop it down on a new foundation. And you can guarantee that if I change that foundation, every nail, every screw, every board, every window in that house is going to creak and twist and shake to the point that we're going to say, this place is going to fall apart. When you make a foundational change, you have to expect some creaks and some cracks along the way. There are going to be people inside that house that say, what's going on here? So I want to be very clear with us as the body of Christ that we're standing on the foundation of Jesus as a church. And we can count on Him. As a body, and I'm saying you can count on Jesus for your own life. The wise person is like, it follows Jesus' teaching. And it's like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Now I want to talk about what is it that will remain the same here at Christ the Cornerstone as we launch forward. And you hear me say these three words every week. 
And these three words are love, serve, and engage. Everybody who has made a decision to join this church, we call those ministry partners. And, and, and many of us joined as members of the church. But, but I think facetiously, American Express, who for many years gave us that commercial that said membership has its privileges. And it has helped to foster the idea that if I join a group or join something, I have a right to ask the question, what's in it for me? But that's not what Jesus teaches membership in the body of Christ is. Jesus didn't say, come in it for what I can give to you. He said, come in it and follow me. And when he says, follow me, he says, you will suffer as I have. So membership or ministry partnership indicates not privileges, but responsibility. We all have made a commitment to do something together. What is that? We read it a few minutes ago. We are here so that all people can experience that life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus. And how do we do that? So these next three words, this is our mission. Our next three words are part of our, well, they are, they they outline our strategy for helping people experience the life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus. Love serve, and engage. That's what we do. Everything that we do. We have a school over here through which you can love, serve, and engage. We have a senior center through which you can love, serve, and engage. We have a campus in Ellesmere through which we love, serve, and engage God. And for, the, for this month, for the next two, two, three weeks, we're going to talk about each of these words. And today, we're going to focus on this word, love. And it all centers around God's love for us. Focus on God's love. God's love is for all people. That's an easy statement to make. <laughs> it's not so easy to practice, though, is it? All people are also called to respond to God's love by trusting God's love. And we partner with others who believe Jesus. And we are followers of His. We become students of Jesus. And every teacher knows that the student that doesn't do what the teacher is teaching, is that really a student? Probably not. And I know that Jesus is full of grace. (laughs) But there is a test. The test is the life that we live. Every person that decides to become a ministry partner of Jesus has, has agreed to this statement. And this statement says, I embrace friendship with God through faith in His Son, Jesus as my forgiver and leader of my life. Now, I've used these words. The the, the old words might be 
Savior and Lord of my life instead of forgiver and leader. But I've put, I've put very common words in here instead of Savior and leader because I think sometimes in our culture today we use real churchy words in the church and, and, and it's hard to define what are those things. And so I've replaced them with forgiver. Jesus is the one who forgives our sins. That's why He, that's why he suffered and died on the cross. That's why he, he rose up from the grave to defeat the consequences of sin and to prove to us that God is greater than evil. And, and he, then He becomes the, the leader of my life. And the old word is Lord. But in our culture today, the word Lord probably has more, con, more negative connotations than the word leader. But that's what the Lord, word Lord means. We're going to follow this man's teachings. He is Lord. He is leader of my life. So when I wake up in the morning and I say, I don't know which way to go today, or when we're making a decision about, about our careers or, or whether, it's, whether we're young and we're trying to decide what school we go to or, and what program to follow in college or whether we're middle-aged and we're, we're, we, get, we just get laid off from work that we thought would be enduring for our lives or, or we have this restlessness because we're in a transition time in our family or whatever, and we're like, How, what happens now? Jesus is the one who will lead us through those difficult times. And we follow His teachings in those times. I embrace friendship with God through faith in my Son Jesus as my forgiver and leader. And we experience God's love. We love is part of our strategy, I said, to live out experiencing. So we gather today, and we gather to experience God's love in worship. Probably this is the, this is the uh, premier opportunity that we have as the body of Christ to gather together to, to experience God's love, but also to express our love of God. That's what worship is. Worship is an adoration of God. Worship is is I adore you, God. You've got to know what you're adoring. So let's, so let's think about that. There are some scriptures that I want us to read through this morning, and I'm going to invite you to say these scriptures as we have them on the screen this morning. And the, the first one comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 9-11. through 11. And it talks about God's love. So let's read this out loud together. It says, God showed how much He loved us, by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we have loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins Now, why do our sins need to be taken away? Because our sins are that which separate us from God. Every child understands when he or she has disobeyed mom or dad or the teacher or has offended a friend. Children get it without being taught what sin is. They know that there's a broken relationship. And that's what sin does in our lives. Sin breaks our relationship with God and we can no longer recognize God's love in our life when we're sinning. We're like, okay, God, I know what you've said to do, but I'm going to do my own way. And we say, forget you, God. And we go our own direction and we go further and further away from God. 
that doesn't stop God's love for us because He sent His Son, Jesus, to forgive us for having turned our backs on God. And we're the ones that created that separation. But Jesus has come down. <laughs> because that was a, There are many days when He stands right in front of me and He says, Roger, you're going the wrong way. Turn around. I forgive you. Now turn away, turn around, and come back to the way that I'm teaching you, which leads you to God. Let's look at another Scripture this morning. God's love sticks to us. Remember a, a few weeks ago? Rowan will remember, will remember this one. Because Rowan's part of, our, part of our school in the morning. Rowan, did you get a chicken? Did you get one of these chickens? You don't know what I'm talking about, so you must have missed school that day. <laughs> so here's this, it's a finger chicken. A couple of weeks ago I had, I had this finger chicken and, and, and I snapped it over there. It's supposed to stick on the wall. Let me see if it'll stick on the back wall. I'm looking at the camera. We'll go right back here. Nope, didn't stick. Anyway, God's love sticks better than this sticky chicken. And, and, and a couple of weeks ago, I used this as an, as an illustration, and I was so inspired by these, by these chickens that even before the last service was over, I was on Amazon, and I was ordering more chickens. And I ordered, I ordered 125 chicken fingers, finger chickens. Let's see, here it comes. Pastor Vaughn. All right, don't, don't send it back. I don't need it. Although, don't take it, because I'll need it in the next service. God's love sticks to us. So I gave, I gave the, you know, the children that meet here uh, and get on the school bus every morning I, uh, on Tuesday that week after I bought these. Uh, I went out and handed them out to all the kids that were there and we played with them and shot them up at the ceiling and there's still one stuck on the ceiling and then they got on the school bus with their finger chickens. At about 9.30, Shelley Strickland, who is the director of our school, came to my office door and she looked in my office door and she said, you're in trouble. I said, what did I do now? So the school bus driver called and said, who gave out those chickens? <laughs> and then Shelly smiled and said, no, nobody called. Thanks for doing that. That was a lot of fun. But, uh, but God's love sticks. So let's read a verse that talks about how God's love sticks to our lives. This is in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39, and it's, read this with me. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below 
Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who's our foundation? Jesus. He is the one that sticks us with God through whom we experience this love of God. Many of us have homes that are built of bricks and mortar. And, and that mortar sticks one brick to another. Just like there's no mortar between these blocks, so they've fallen apart. But God's love sticks us. Christ's love, His forgiveness, sticks us together. When we continue to follow Him, we're stuck together. He is the mortar that holds us together as the building blocks. He is the, the, Paul talks about the body of Christ stuck together. Your big toe doesn't say to your eyelid, (laughs) hey, I'm a member of this body too, so I want to close down my eye. Your big toe doesn't say I want to close down my eye. And your eyelid doesn't say to your toe, yeah, so much for you. I wash my eyeball every day when I flap up and down, whatever. No, they work together. So all of us have to work together, each of us playing our part. That was our theme in the book of Acts for many, 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 many weeks together. We're playing our part in the kingdom of God. We are stuck together. Praise God for that. Next verse, God's love endures forever. This one comes from the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm 36. Five through seven says this Your unfailing love, let's read this together. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. God's love endures and has existed forever. And God's love is undeserved and it uh, arrives long before we ask for it or expect it or realize our need for it. Jesus in His Sermon on the Mount says, Blessed is the one who realizes his need for God. Do you realize your need for God? I do. Daily. Moment by moment. (laughs) I have the task. God has called me to be the leader, the, the, the lead pastor of this church. That is a frightening thing. It is a humbling thing for me to do. But I am committed to do my best at that task, to hold us together, to lead us in a way that is the way that God wants us to go. Boy, do I need your prayers for that. I also desire your trust to do that. And and, and I, along with with our board of elders, who who you have, have entrusted with that task, we are discerning together the way that God wants us to go. We're simply asking you to follow us as we're following Jesus in this. 
Yes, we're going to have disagreements in it as that foundation shakes. Yes, we're going to have different opinions in that. But let's come together and go forward together. Romans chapter 5, verses 7 through 9 illustrates or, or teaches us that God's love is undeserved. We don't deserve it because all of us are sinners. And it illustrates that God's love comes to us even before we ask for it. And even before we realize it. So let's read this out loud together. It says, Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Praise God that He doesn't say, Roger, get your act together and then I will give you eternal life. Because my act is hardly ever together. Ooh, Jesus. (laughs) But I come to Christ humbly and, and vulnerably and say, Lord, I messed up again. Jesus died on the cross to forgive all my sins. And, and, and God, I, you know, I've heard Pastor Bill say this. We, we have this table in, in front of us this morning, and we call it an altar table. And Pastor Bill, I remember him saying, you know, the, and Jesus calls us to be living sacrifices. And Pastor Bill says the problem with a living sacrifice is that it, it tends to crawl off the altar. <laughs> so when God asks me to do something to, 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 to do something for somebody else and I say, oh, I don't want to do that, I'm crawling off the altar. Thank God, I'm not, going to, I'm not willing to do in my life what you want me to do. But God still forgives me even while I, before I realize that, while I am still a sinner, He sends Christ to forgive me and to love me. And God's love not only saves us, not only forgives us, not only is it sticky, not only does it come to us before we deserve it, God's love instructs us and teaches us the way to live. Let's read John chapter 15, verses 9 through 13. Let's read this together. I have loved you, Jesus said, even as the Father loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. And finally, God's love comes through His kindness, His, which is unearned, and, and His love points us outward to others. We become His witnesses. We become those who go out into the world and say, I know God loves because I have experienced God's love. We, begin, we become first-hand witnesses of what God has done and is doing in our lives. And that becomes our testimony, just as if, just as if we were called into court to, to, to give testimony to a crime that happened. 
And we would, we would under oath, we would say, this is what I saw. This is what I experienced. When Jesus comes into our lives, we are able to say, I experienced the life-changing love of Jesus. And Jesus has ushered me into the presence of God. And because of that, my sins are forgiven. And I know that, that, that when I die in this life, there's a, there, there's a, a, a confidence in me. That my life will endure. And I'm willing to trust the Scriptures that say, I will be with Christ for eternity. Glory to God. And I'd love for you to join me in that. And, and God's love compels us to go out. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4-7. through seven. This is the last Scripture we're going to read together. But let's read this one. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Are you united with Christ Jesus? We come this morning to celebrate this sacrament, this sign of God's mercy and grace and love that has come to us long before any of us were born, but it lasts forever when we place ourselves in Christ. So we gather together. In our church, we welcome anybody that desires to receive this. And, and, and the, 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 the question that, that you come is, is, Lord, I want to receive Your grace in my life and I'm willing to trust in Christ as my Lord. And so this becomes a sign, one, of God giving His grace to us and us receiving His grace and power and forgiveness in our lives. And I invite you this morning to participate in this sacrament of God's grace and love. We read a scripture from John chapter 15, which is the night when Jesus was betrayed. And He was sitting with His disciples that night when He said those words that we read together. And the other part of that 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 part of the Scriptures is Jesus took the bread that was at the table where they were seating. And He broke the bread. He gave thanks to His heavenly Father, God, who loves Him and loves us. And He turned to His disciples and He said, This is My body which is broken for you for the forgiveness of sins. When you eat this, remember what I have done for you and trust in me. (laughs) Verizon does not need me to answer that phone call right now. When supper was over, Jesus took the cup 
gave thanks to God. He looked at his disciples and he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. Jesus handed this cup to them, and they fully understood that in handing the cup to them, Jesus was actually asking them, if you drink this cup, you're making a commitment to follow me. You're saying yes to a relationship with me. So to drink this cup, they're saying, I will receive the life that you have for me, Jesus, and I will follow you. Oh, Jesus. Help us do that today. This morning, as you're invited to come, uh, we'll have servers at the end of each aisle. So I invite you to come to the, down the aisle that's nearest you. If you desire to, to receive it by intinction, that just means dipping, <laughs> the server will break off a piece of the bread, just like this. You can take your bread, dip part of your bread into this... I don't know. We, we had some... Uh, internet trouble yesterday and Verizon is trying to call me back to say how's it going (laughs) Verizon you are interrupting my service (laughs) I want you to take the bread dip part of your bread into the juice and then you may eat it if you choose to receive that this way if you'd rather receive uh, these prepackaged wafers and and juice you may take, take these we also have gluten-free wafers and juice up here. Just uh, They will be here on the center table. But there's going to be a set of people at the end of this stairway. There will be one here on either side of uh, the communion table, and there's going to be a, a set over there. I'm going to invite the uh, servers, if you would come now and prepare. I invite you to stand with me also, and let's say together the Apostles' Creed, which will be on the screen. Let's affirm our faith in the the message that Jesus has for us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let's take a moment, and this is a good time for us to just think Maybe just be quiet in our minds and listen to God and ask God yourselves, is there anything in my life, God, that you would like to change? Is there something I need to confess to you, God? Is there a need that I need to lay before you, God? Do I need to let go of any trouble or calamity? What is it, God, that you're asking me to lay before you this morning? And just have a silent prayer, and then after that we'll pray the Lord's Prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray together.
name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Let's pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Give me a moment and we'll we'll share the, the bread and the juice and then you'll be invited to come and receive. If you're lonely, longing for someone to hear you. If you couldn't feel like more than you can bear. If you're searching for a place to just be honest.
thank you that you invite us just as we are to come to you the very end of that song says there's safety here to wrestle with your questions you want to know who we're going to be moving forward as a church in addition to what Pastor Roger has been talking to us about there is safety here to wrestle with your questions we don't have all the answers, but we know the one who does. And as we build a relationship and as we sometimes walk through people's lives, walk through situations with them where they are having what we might call an in-process conversion, they're learning how to be a disciple of Jesus. 
learning the truth of the word, there's safety here to wrestle with your questions. So, God, we thank you that you invite us, just as we are, to come. To come to the table of communion, to come to the altar of prayer, to come to the foot of the cross for salvation, just as we are. We don't have to get cleaned up before we come to you. And, God, we are so thankful for that. So, Lord, today, help us as we leave this place to know who you have called us to be. To know that as we commit as a church to walk with one another down a discipleship journey, to walk with people who we will encounter in the future that will will join us in ministry. And then on their discipleship journey, God, we pray that you would give us that grace that is without condition. We thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Have a great week.